What's up, everybody, and welcome to Roll Up. This is episode 11, and we've got a great one here for you today. Uh, I'm Sam Fain, and I'm joined, of course, by Todd Gershel. Todd, how are you? Doing great. Uh, glad to be back with you, Sam. I'm so glad to hear. Of course, we have a special guest with us today. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit deeper, but in the meantime, we've got Zeke Gould with us. Zeke, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on Roll Up. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. We're excited to have you. We'll be talking uh, Best of the Indies 2021. We'll also doing some deep dives on mechanics and a couple of questions uh, that, that I know we've kind of come up with in the past uh, week or so that we're interested in to kind of digging in on. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but in the meantime, let's head over to the opening bell. And I just want to start off by saying, usually this type of stuff gets saved for the end, but I just want to start off right off by saying uh, thank you to Lee, WTIC, Matt, Vegas, The Faction, Sinestro24, Malice Lover, Kyokin, Joe Breakdown, Jay, and Corey for your comments. Uh, And a special thanks to Troy, Chad, and Travis for their clarifications and corrections on the last episode. Uh, Very, very helpful. Uh, Troy mentioning, of course, that the black and white card did have the, the minus one power um uh, on the savage card that it was the first color card that had that that zero power rating and then it was changed back to minus one and then chad and travis clarified some stuff about uh memphis and and tag team partnering with uh magnum ta and stuff so it's always great you know anytime you do something like that there's going to be things that kind of fall through the cracks but it's wonderful that we've got such a knowledgeable community that's able to kind of like point some of those things out and, and give some of the clarification uh, uh so that we don't lead anybody astray so i'm, I'm grateful for that um and hey you know, like I said in the message board, it, it keeps me learning too. So, uh, and that's never a bad thing. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about uh, was that today IWTV announced IWTV 100, which will be the 100th defense of the IWTV championship. Uh, the belt is currently held by Wheeler Utah, uh, who is about ready to embark on the 96th defense. Um, so it's entirely possible he could lose the title before this 100th defense. We don't know yet. Um, or he could make it all the way to that that uh, special event on August the 8th. Uh, and that, of course, will be on IWTV. Uh, Todd, what do, you, what do you think about this news? No, that's great. I mean, uh, IW, yeah, I remember when the first IWTV champ, or I guess it was independent wrestling champion at first, before I think even IWTV was a thing. Uh, I think it might have still been Powerbomb TV at the time, but uh, when that was established and the tournament out in uh, Pennsylvania, and it's really cool to kind of see like what type of stature it's had within the whole wrestling community since then. Uh, all the different partners that have come on and kind of seeing the, you know, how the where all the different places the title has been defended and some different places it's been uh, changed hands. And I think it's really kind of gotten a lot of prominence recently and, and really cool. And, and it's awesome. We're going to get that, that hundredth defense coming up soon. Yeah, absolutely. And just a quick rundown, you know, we, we didn't really talk uh, about this uh, when we were talking about the IWTV set um, or when we talked to Dylan, but uh, the, you know, there have been uh, eight wrestlers who've held the title over nine different reigns. And it's worth noting that all eight of these names are in the game. Jonathan Gresham, Tracy Williams, Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander, Eric Stevens, Warhorse, 
Lee Moriarty, and of course now Wheeler, Utah, um, which is really, really cool. The fact that we've got all of those IWTV champions in the game uh, and, you know, who knows who's next. It could be somebody that we already have signed uh, and has a card or it could be somebody who's waiting to get a card or it could be someone that has yet to be signed, but, but hopefully will be. Um, Zeke, what are your thoughts on the IWTV championship? I, I did not realize it was about this 100 defenses. Um, but what I, one thing I was surprised about was Lee Moriarty freeing. I thought it, that went quicker than I thought it was going to go. Uh, you know, he got built up through uh, – he, he got you know, he was the winner of the uh, the mass wrestler uh, last year and to get that title shot against Wars. And then uh, I don't know. I mean, he only had the title was for a couple months or so. And I thought he'd have I thought he'd have a little longer reign. So not that Wheeler Utah doesn't deserve it, but I just thought, I just thought Lee Moriarty would have a little longer reign. Yeah, I, I do agree with that, actually, especially when you look at the fact that, you know, most of the champions have held it for over 100 days. Uh, you know, the, the the two big exceptions before Lee Moriarty were Chris Statlander, uh, who held it for two weeks, and Eric Stevens, who only held it for, for a day. Um, Part of a day. <laughs> well, sure, right. A couple rounds of a tournament, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, uh, you know the the yeah warhorse obviously is is the longest reigning uh champion um in, in the title's history but uh i was surprised too you know a lot of that has caused uh, there to be some murmurs that you know he could be potentially getting signed um you know by a company uh which company i don't know but uh that that's been a lot of the the rumors uh he's kind of been a little cagey on twitter about them you know hasn't really confirmed or denied uh but you know hey in in the meantime uh you know the, even though it was a short reign, it was an excellent reign. We got some incredible matches out of it. Um, of course, he had the uh, the title defense uh, against Edith Surreal uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, he had an awesome match with uh, Daniel Garcia um, up at Limitless. And then, uh, you know, obviously that match with Wheeler Utah was just absolutely incredible. They almost went an hour and uh, just, yeah, just, uh, just the type of match you don't necessarily see a lot of uh, on the Indies. So it was really, really cool that the two, uh, the two of them, you know, got that time, but uh, uh, it's exciting. And it's something I think just worth noting, uh, you know, as we do have that, that partnership with IWTV and uh, certainly, you know, be paying close attention to these next few defenses to see who will actually be participating in that IWTV 100 match. Um, again, that is on August 8th. And uh, I don't believe they've made any, um, you know, announcements as to anyone else that will be on that card. Uh, it will be H2O. Um, that will be why well, they're not really H2O is not really going to be promoted. It's just going to take place at their, uh, their wrestling center in Williamtown, New, Williamstown, New Jersey. So uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how that shapes up. So um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I, I thought it was exciting news when I read about it today. Uh, and then next up, let's talk about some teasers. Um, we had the teaser last Friday uh, that has generated a lot of buzz, which was, of course, for the referees uh, card in the Legends of Wrestling ringside personnel four pack. Todd, tell us a little bit about this card. Yeah, so we're getting uh, not one, not two, but three new names on this card. Uh, so you know, we were, you know, we definitely knew we wanted to do some type of referee card as as part of this. The real question was who was going to go on it. You know, we had a couple <laughs> names I know at a Galacticon a number of years ago. 
the name Dick Worley was uh, was floated out there as somebody who had signed. And, you know, I think anytime one of these came things came up, it was like, oh, what do we get to Dick Worley? Yada, yada, yada. So <laughs> we, we uh, definitely we knew we wanted to uh, to uh, to get uh, to get Dick on there. And then um, I think James Beard had signed uh, a while ago, too. I'm not exactly sure who had signed uh, uh, Dick Worley or James Beard, but, uh, you know, we thought, you know, he would be on there and kind of represent, uh, you know, a different uh, part of the country. And then we were kind of floating around like, you know, we, want, we were kind of thinking three was a good number. Uh, to kind of have, and we're kind of floating around a couple of different other names. Uh, but then once I made contact with uh, uh, Gorilla Monsoon's daughter, um, you know, about getting him in the game, you know, I would, you know, the, it logically at one point came and was like, oh, I should ask about Joey since obviously we're doing, you know, Joey Morella, for those who don't know, is the, the son of, um, of uh, Gino Morella, uh, otherwise known as Gorilla Monsoon. And uh, so, you know, yeah, uh, tragically, you know, he, we, we lost him far too early. Um, and, but uh, I think very well loved by the family there. And she was thrilled. Uh, I think she, uh, uh, Valerie's son is even named after Joey too. So I oh, think nice. having a cool tribute like this uh, really meant a lot, you know, having both her, her dad and her brother, uh, uh, honored. I think that definitely meant a lot. So it was really cool to get him in there. Um, so yeah, we have the, the art with the three of them on there. You know, Joey's kind of got the old WWF uh, style yeah. bow tie with the the the, you know, the plain shirt versus the old the zebra stripes on the other guy. So just kind of balancing him out, kind of having the you know Joey in the middle with the two zebra stripes behind him. I think uh, worked out uh, pretty well. Yeah, it, you know, the, the artwork looks great. And uh, in doing the, the very little bit of research uh, that I did for for, you know, writing up the teaser, um, it was interesting to read about James Beard uh, in particular. And I knew I mean, I knew who he was beforehand, but uh, learning a couple of the little you know tidbits that I did in, in some of the research that I did, it was really cool. And then uh, Dick Worley, uh, you know, was someone that I didn't necessarily know quite as much about just because, uh, you know, the bulk of his career, especially in WWF, took place really you know, in, in, in a period where I wasn't watching, it was before I was born. Um, so I, I didn't know as much about him. Um, and reading about uh, about Dick Worley was pretty cool. And and he's certainly a worthy addition to the game. And then, of course, everything you mentioned with Joey. I mean, yeah, yeah, I've said it a hundred times, and I'll just keep saying it. You know, it's just a wonderful way to to pay tribute to to the talent that that has obviously had an impact uh, on professional wrestling, and and you know, by way of that, on the fans. And uh, you know, Joey's somebody that was was pretty recognizable to me and uh i you know i remember you know hearing about when he had died and uh and just yeah it's just a wonderful way to pay tribute to it i'm so glad that you know his sister uh, you know was able to do that for us and and you know not only get gorilla in the game but but get joey in the game as well so yeah. uh referee cards are always cool you know there's there's the I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what got cooked up for the back of this card and uh you know the the talk that, that you see on the boards is that people are really excited to use these cards even some people that have said things like you know normally i don't use these type of cards or, or whatnot um yeah. you know are, are looking forward to kind of adding them and spice things up so it'll be fun uh I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to adding those uh to 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 my fed uh when when they drop um yeah, all three guys definitely have a different style to them and i i hope with what we did with the stats you know i tried we tried to do something a little different with everybody's stats there's nobody that none of the three kind of have something a mechanic that's exactly the same it's all kind of adjusting how you know the, the style that they call so james beard a little bit more kind of loose 
Dick Worley, maybe a little bit more stringent and Joey Morella, I think, you know, kind of a younger referee. So, you know, maybe, you know, a couple of different things to kind of represent the, some of those. I, I think overall it works out pretty good. And I will uh, say that if you're using the, uh, the TV uh, studio show card, uh, with uh, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, it does incorporate in it the other three cards in the set, or actually, that's awesome. Any you know, any other announcer, referee, and uh, interviewer can be substituted in, but it does kind of you it does utilize all those cards as well. I thought that was a, a fun thing, something important to do, like you know when to use those in, in a logical way. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I've, I've been given some tantalizing hints as to what that studio show card is going to be like, but I, I still have no idea uh, what to expect <laughs> for the back of it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, you know, you, and, you might and, get a, you might get a mysterious email after this recording. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things too that's that's really cool about some of the history uh, of these guys is also just you know realizing that like you know Beard was. Was you know based in Texas for most of his career, and that um, you know that uh, uh, Dick Worley you know spent a lot of time in kind of the Northeast and and, and you know Pennsylvania in particular. He didn't really you know follow or, or the WWF around like uh, you know he didn't referee in Boston Gardens for instance. You know, but Philadelphia Spectrum was like his home, um, which is really cool. He- Dick Worley also had to have refereed in the AWA for a little while because he does have an AWA Remco figure. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I and when we I would like talk action figures once in a while on here too, but yeah, <laughs> every every once in a blue moon. Um, yeah, I I you know I did know that because when I when I googled him, that was one of the things that popped up, yeah. and I thought oh, that's kind of cool. Probably more pictures of the Remco figure than actual oh, reference you yeah. know, photos for me to use. I'm like, no, nah, I can't do it on the figure. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, and then one of the cool tidbits about Joey, of course, is that he refereed the WrestleMania three main event between Andre and Hogan, and he also WrestleMania. Uh, excuse me, also refereed one of my favorite uh, main event matches in WWF history, which of course is the Bret Hart uh, British Bulldog match from Wembley Stadium at SummerSlam in 92. Um, so yeah, some some esteemed talent to add to the game without a doubt uh, and, and pretty, pretty cool. Um, speaking of esteemed talent, FTR gets another big name, uh, if you will, that, you know, a, a rookie, someone that, that we've not seen before uh, as is put in his teaser, the rookie stud from pegasus and that of course is stallion um todd what do you think of stallion no definitely cool uh yeah i kind of like you know playing off the pegasus you know horse theme with the stallion i thought that was a nice little uh nice uh little thing there uh I, the the backstory is really great uh you know you you know how uranus is bringing him in uh you know i think people who are reading the book are gonna get a kick out of that and it yeah. should be oh, kind yeah. of a fun stable that he'll be in you know no pun intended on the stable right (laughs) yeah i completely agree i'm really looking forward to getting the opportunity to use him um the uh uh yeah his introduction in the booklet is is pretty great and that's all i'll say um but i i think people will really like him and and like that intro as well um and then we'll have have rob on next week to kind of break down and before that everybody yeah before everyone gets a chance to listen to next week's you will get the FTR book and, you know, hopefully cards will be in 
you know, some, you know, some people's hands at least, maybe not everybody by that point, but do you think, do you think that by the time the next week's episode drops that, uh, online will be available? Yeah. Online will definitely be up then. Well, there you go. So yeah, even if you don't have the physical cards, you can still check it out online. Um, if you so desire to, to do the double purchase. So I'm really excited about this next one and I'm glad that we've got Zeke here for it as well. So we can talk a little bit about it. Uh, but that would of course be the three names for in, Prime, which as we're recording this will actually be announced tomorrow, uh, but uh, this will drop the day after that announcement, so it's perfect time to talk about it. Todd, tell us about the Indies Prime for quarter two. Yeah, so we have uh, three different names here, actually three cards written by th- three of our uh, different people uh, here. Um, we have uh, representing, uh, you know, I guess that the, 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 we, we mentioned that they would be representing the month of June in some way. Uh, so uh, representing Father's Day, which we don't know a lot of times we do in uh, the Legends uh, set, we did have a, actually a daughter of, uh, you know, her father is already in the game, but we do have a daughter there. And that is uh, Miranda Gordy, who is uh, set to be part of that IW, uh, IPW show in uh as part of the hall of fame weekend uh so we have her is going to be in that the uh, bad street beauty randy gordy <laughs> uh and then no better person to represent father's day than dan the dad uh <laughs> which is you know a great character uh out of uh, the midwest there if you haven't checked him out I'm, i think i know he's definitely on black label and some other uh, ones out there really great character uh he kind of plays a, you know an old dad you know and uh, a lot of his mannerisms and, and different things is definitely a lot of fun uh and then uh you know june is also uh, pride month so we wanted to have someone representing that as well and uh kind of also in tandem with our partners at I, uh, iwtv who is releasing a new documentary the the life of documentary is uh, edith surreal uh, so I'm yeah. really, really thrilled to have Edith Surreal in there. For those who were Chikara fans, this is the former uh, uh, Still Life with Apricots and Pears. Uh, I think the the Young Lions Cup champion with the most defenses ever. Yep. Really, really talented wrestler. Uh, and uh, really glad that, that she's in the game as well. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled for that one. Uh, it was a, it's funny because you and I talked about uh, her name you know, months ago, and then of course um, seeing her at WrestleMania weekend and, and the events that, that she wrestled at, um, and just being you know really really. Uh, you know, blown away by, by the work that she was doing in the match with Lee Moriarty. And then also seeing her Russian death match with uh, Masha Slamovich uh, from mm-hmm. Camp Leapfrog, uh, which is funny because it, it it aired, you know, after the fact, but it actually was like taped, you know, back in like December or January, uh, but it didn't air until like May or excuse me, until like late March. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, she's incredible. Uh, just a, just a wonderful talent. And I'm really looking forward to her episode of the life of, which I believe uh, airs June 6th. I want to say June 6th or 7th, something like that. Um, I know it's like the first, you know, first week of June. Um, 
basically. But uh, uh, yeah, just an incredible talent, um, incredible technical wrestler. Uh, and uh, I, I just, I really enjoy what she's done. And she's also the first winner of um, the um, Cassandro cup, um, right. which, you know, Dylan Hales mentioned when he was on the show. And uh, that was the thing that actually earned her the title shot against Lee Moriarty for the IWTV championship. Right. Um, unfortunately she did suffer a concussion recently. So she has uh, taken, you know, she's taking a little bit of time off off just because she was suffering from the after effects of that um but uh she'll definitely be back you know she's she's just doing the right thing and healing up as opposed to trying to push herself or anything like that so uh great representation for pride month as well um again you know i think her uh the life of episode will will talk a lot about her uh transitioning and and i think will be um you know, eye-opening for a lot of people that aren't necessarily familiar with uh, a lot of what goes into that. And, you know, the fact that she's decided to uh, be so open about it and, 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 you know, present herself uh, on that episode uh, in that light, I think is, is going to be really empowering and make the episode quite frankly, a little bit special, even beyond just being about a wrestler, which is really cool. And, and thus far, I mean, the episodes, you know, yes, obviously they have something to do with wrestling in them, but uh, like a very good professional wrestler, I took so much more from that than just, Oh, I'm watching, watching, you know, kind of a, the day, a day in the life of a wrestler, I'm getting to like know his family a little bit, see him as a family man, see him as a teacher and that sort of stuff. Um, unfortunately, he also suffered an injury recently, broke his ankle in two places um, during the, uh, the super eight, which sucks because he was, uh, he was on his way to maybe repeating. He said he wasn't, he said that the other guy was actually going to win, but that's besides the point. Anyway, um, it's not a sports illustrated type, uh, curse here, uh, with the, uh, life of, uh, docs, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, I, yeah, super cool to have Miranda Gordy in the game, you know, obviously her dad's already in the game, but, uh, you know, getting her represented, uh, is super cool. And then of course, Dan, the dad, uh, another great name to add, uh, you know, it's funny because his, you know, he does have kind of a comedy gimmick and yet at the same time, like, you know he can wrestle he had, a, he had a match recently in black label with ethan page that was uh that was really good that i saw so uh three three great names uh for sure uh zeke what did you think of these three names uh, i thought they were good i i um i, I suggested dan the dad for uh june i got i got him signed at the, the collective and uh he had um earlier earlier in the show i had signed jake something and then i went back out to the origin and dan the dad was with jake something and I talked, to, I talked to Dan about it, and I told him that Jake had just signed up, you know, a couple hours early. And he was like, "Oh wow, well, Jake signs up, then I have to sign up for the day." So yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was a good fit to make to put to put him in uh, June. Although I got kind of scared when I when I uh, well, not scared, but I got kind of worried when I um, heard some news like four days later. There's a COVID outbreak at uh, at the collective that was at in the first oh, guy. Oh man. First guy I was at mentioned was Dan the dad has tested positive for COVID nineteen and um, and I had been talking to him for a little while without his mask not a whole lot but you know, long enough to to have got it and then you know, EC Mac got it I'd been around EC Mac and then uh, so, so it was a little it was a little it was a little worrisome after you know coming back uh, a few days later after that but uh, I, I got rapid tested it was fine but um, but yeah I think I think all three are great additions for for. Uh, yeah um yeah i obviously you know like i said i I completely agree and uh you know i will say that it was it was an incredible you know privilege uh, to be able to uh, do the stats for for edith surreal that's something that you know obviously i had never done before and uh to to get the opportunity to do that uh you know other than 
homemade stuff, obviously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really cool opportunity and I, I enjoyed, uh, that aspect of it as well, which is something that we'll talk a little bit more about here in just a minute. But before we get to, uh, our behind the curtain with best of the Indies 2021, uh, I did want to talk Todd, I wanted you to talk about rather the Legends Prime card. You know, we of course already know about Ranger Ross. That was the first name announced, and then uh, the Scotty Riggs card, which became the uh, Promoters Vote card. Um, But there's one more card that we will have, of course, for Legends Prime, and this is going to be some. This is some news right here. Yeah, this is not dropped yet. L- a little, little preview for tomorrow there <laughs> uh that uh yeah so the the last per, uh, legends prime card does fit in our father's day theme uh it is a card that we did get before in black and white and it is uh bob orton well i guess bob orton senior but really bob orton <laughs> uh right. you know bringing him into uh into the color uh game now as well that's awesome. Yeah. Great, great addition. Uh, you know, I know that there are people that, uh, uses black and white card. Uh, and then of course the folks that, you know, don't really use black and white now have the opportunity to add him to the, you know, to their ranks, uh, with this color card. Uh, and, uh, the art, I, I think the art looks great. I, I, I like yeah. this art. You know, this is one of those instances where I definitely prefer the new art to the old art. Sometimes it's one of those things where it's just sort of like, Oh, I like the old art, but the new art's good too. This is definitely a case where I, I honestly, I, I prefer the new art for sure. Um, so, so super cool to have him and then of course you wanted to also talk about some really interesting news some great news that will directly affect quarter three uh prime releases so why don't you uh give us give us the skinny on that yeah so uh you know we're trying to you know you know obviously q1 was very you know tied into the uh, iwtv theme we wanted to do something around that quarter two we definitely wanted to you know incorporate some of the uh, happenings in, in, in June there. Uh, but quarter three was like, all right, we kind of have a little, you know, a little bit of flexibility in that. Uh, so decided to, rather than, you know, Zeke and I, you know, completely coming up with uh, the, the, the cards to release in Q3 that we'd uh, put the, um, you know, put, put the uh, decision back on the community but we're not going to do polls, which, you know, we've done in the past. Not to say we won't do a poll later this year, you know, very possibly might. Uh, but we want to do something a little bit different uh, with the three cards that we're going to release in Q3. So at Galacticon, uh, we are going to have two different Indies tournaments uh, for the, you know, I've, I've talked about it once before, but just to kind of talk about it again, uh, we'll be doing, um, you know, there'll be uh, on the Saturday, there'll be three tournaments uh in person and three tournaments online one each for indies champions of the galaxy and legends so the indies tournament winners both in person in pennsylvania as well as the online winner both of those winners will get to choose a card that will go into indies prime in q3 uh so there could be a new character it could be a remake of somebody uh, it's really kind of you know up to that person within limits. You know, obviously we got to make sure we have you know permission to do that person. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, we have a couple unsigned, un- unsigned name, un- unreleased names, and-, and whatnot. And then for the last spot, you know, once we kind of figure out who those you know two winners are there, for the last spot, we're going to do uh, right at the end of uh, July, we're going to have another tournament episode. 
uh, and we'll have a couple of different promoters on there as well as, you know, Zeke and, uh, and Sam, myself and, and Mike as well. And we will have a tournament there on the podcast to determine who the third card in uh, promoter prime will be. That's awesome. I love that. I, I love giving the opportunity for the the tournament winners to have that, you know, the power of that choice. Uh, obviously when you, you know, pitch the idea of doing the tournament on the show for, for the other one, I thought that that was a fantastic idea as well. It's exciting. And um, you, you know, it, it, it's just one of those opportunities to uh, have a little, have a little influence over the game. So yeah. for anyone attending Galacticon uh, sign up for that Indies tournament. If you're interested in having the opportunity to, you know, select an Indies name for uh, Q3 prime, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure that there will be some names that, that people have in mind uh, when they yeah. when they sign up for the tournament. So uh, I know there's always some people out there who really have bigger opinions on who they want. And, you know, a couple of the guys who I know are always really, really interested in the Indies Fed uh, in the Indies uh, releases that we have. We'll try to get some uh, some of you guys on the podcast here if you don't uh, win the tournament itself. Uh, so we'll, absolutely. we'll try to get the you know, good selection of people on there helping us make you know, the final decision for, for, uh, for that release. And we'll try to get a good mix, maybe a couple, uh, a couple remakes, a couple, uh, women, a couple of, uh, you know, other guys from, you know, various different promotions, maybe even a national name that, you know, we never got a chance to release before they kind of went on, on TV. It, it's very possible. Um, you know, there's a couple different options there and, you know, I think our esteemed panel can, uh, it'll be a fun debate kind of figuring out who, who we want to include there. Uh, I love it. I love it. And, and you know, and, and also it's a wonderful way to kind of give some teases for, you know, potential cards in the future. Cause as we've sure. talked about before, oftentimes, you know, if a name doesn't necessarily get chosen this time around, doesn't mean that they're not going to get a card, you know, eventually it'll probably happen. It's just not necessarily going to happen, you know, in that particular spot. So, uh, you know, make sure obviously if you can attend Galacticon, uh, sign up for that tournament for your opportunity. Uh, if you can't attend Galacticon, you know, hit us up on the message boards so shoot one of us a message or something. Something, and then like Todd said, we'll see if we can't include you on that episode to take part in the tournament, uh, which should be a, a lot of fun. Um, but that is not where the fun and games end because we have our very first official roll-up contest. This is something that we wanted to do for a while. We didn't know exactly how we were going to execute it, but now it is official. We have a contest. Uh, we're, we're doing a review drive, if you will. So uh, we already have a couple of people that have been kind enough to write us reviews on Apple Podcasts. And now uh, anyone who will take the time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts um, will be entered into uh, a, a giveaway for a very special prize, um, which Todd will tell you about in a second. But again, you know, the more reviews that we get and, and you know, the, the more star ratings that we have, it, it gives uh, it, what happens is, is that Apple uh, and, and other podcast services, you know, kind of push the podcast to the front and, and people will get the chance to see it more. Um, it gives us more exposure, gives the game more exposure, and obviously gives us the opportunity to do some really cool things. So we certainly want to try to take this opportunity to get more reviews in so that we can kind of boost the exposure of the show. And, and hopefully, you know, that will lead to some really cool things down the line. Uh, so all you got to do is take a minute and go and write a review uh, on Apple Podcasts and then, uh, you know, just tag it with a name. Uh, if you don't want to use, you know, the, the, the name that you use on the boards or you can't use the name you use on your boards or your real name or whatever the case may be, just shoot us a message. Let us know that you left it. We'll, we'll do it by honor system. Um, obviously if we have more names sent to us and then, then have 
posted a review, we'll know something rotten in Denmark. But uh, uh, just, yeah, write a review, let us know, and we'll enter you into the contest here. And Todd, you are the prize master as well as the <laughs> tournament master. What can they win if they write that review for us? All right, so we do have a, a couple cards you cannot get anywhere in the store right now uh actually i'll 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 do two prizes and we'll we'll allow the first person to choose which they want and then the second person will get no choice they'll just get the other (laughs) one if they want uh so the first prize will be uh we will have um there's the original uh seven legends cards before the starter set uh that um uh, we will have one of these up for auction as well, but we do have another set that we'll give away here uh, as a part of that. I think it uh, we got Greg Valentine, Johnny Valentine, Frank Gotch, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, King Kong Bundy, and that might be it. Uh, I'm forgetting one more name, but uh, you'll get you'll get those packages. The ones before they had the the the, the picture on the back, just at the very first release of the legends cards. So you'll get the, all those cards right there. And then the second pack that we have is actually two cards uh, that were bonus cards from the champions of the galaxy live event. We have a loud and noxious announcer card and we have Stevie Richards as Omega, which didn't really happen in real life, you know, <laughs> but uh, we've made the card anyway. So <laughs> man, those, uh, those are awesome prizes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely some cool things you can't get anywhere else. So, you know, write Help write us some, some reviews. Let us know what you think. Hopefully good things, you know, and lots of stars and uh, you'll be entered into a drawing there. So we'll announce it in, uh, in two weeks. Yeah, two two weeks. Uh, so it, it's uh, it's a limited window here. Um, and, you know, if you don't use Apple Podcast, write the review uh, on whatever you know podcast service that you use. You know, just take a screenshot and send it to us, um, and we'll like I said, we'll enter your name. It'll be done at random, um, and we'll you know we'll we'll draw a name, and that first name will get the choice between the two prizes, and then we'll draw a second name, uh, and and they'll get the other one. So uh, whatever whatever the leftovers happen to be in that instance, but two very very cool prizes so again write those reviews help us get a little bit more exposure uh, again it, it helps the podcast but it also just helps the game in general because it could lead to some really cool stuff with the more exposure that the podcast gets um so yeah write that review send us a screenshot and uh your name will be entered and you could win a really 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 cool prize and even if you don't you can take pride in the fact that your voice counts when it comes to this podcast and of course we'll give you shout outs and shower you with love uh even if we can't shower you with prizes uh so that's it we had a very long opening bell uh but we had a lot to get through so now it is time to move into the main event if you will uh we've got some behind the curtain action uh indie spotlight if you will uh with none other than zeke gould so let's move right on to that zeke Thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Really looking forward to this. Uh, Let's just start off with talking about Best of the Indies 2021. Um, You know, we don't necessarily want to go too in-depth on each name just yet. uh, But that said, um, we'll we'll kind of briefly go through the names and uh, give us your thoughts on them. uh, And then we'll get into some some discussions about some particulars. But let's go ahead and start with uh, with Chris Masters. Okay, well... Masters, um, yeah. He, he, well, that one, one thing about Masters, and well, first of all, I guess if we're going to talk about Masters. I should say um, uh, thank you to the to the editing team for being patient with me this past weekend. I was kind of um, 
I, there's a mechanic on his car, the, the Matchlock Challenge, and I was, I was so hoping that they'd be able to find a way to get that to fit on there. <laughs> and we, we were, thanks to Todd, he, 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 reformed, he, he reworded it, so uh, I was able to, uh, to, to fit. I, I, and sometimes when I write these mechanics, I, I, I get uh, a little too wordy, and um, this was one of the cases, but, it was, but uh, this, is a, this is one of my favorite mechanics I've written, and, and there was, we were able to get it to fit on the card, so. Uh, thanks to, to editing I, um, with, with uh, this past weekend with Mike and Todd and Chad and Corey and Rob and Tim and for for, uh, for, uh, for working with me on this. I hope they didn't get too frustrated with me. But um, and that, that, that's one of my favorite things about the, the Masters card is the, is the Master Lock Challenge. I hope, I hope people like it. Um, and uh, well, Masters has been signed for three years. And wow. And he, uh, well, almost three years, coming up in on uh, Labor Day weekend, it's going to be three years. And uh, since he's now back in the uh, kind of the spotlight with the NWA and winning the national championship, um, I, I suggested maybe perhaps we could put him in um, the game. And, and, uh, um, and Todd, Todd said that, that, that we, we could do that. Uh, so that I thought it was, it was a good chance to, good timing to put him in. Uh, he did replace somebody that uh, I think people will like, well, when, when the other guy gets announced at some point, but. Um, I think with the timing and so forth, the masters and, and, and uh, the name value, I think it was, it was, it was a good choice to put him in. Um, uh, I mean, if, if five or six years ago, probably he would have been in legends by now because it was a different, uh, you know, and, and you got like that, like a Claudio or Brian Daniels and John Moxie all, all got him, but, you know, right. they, but nowadays it takes a little bit longer. So I, so I, I thought this was a good time to get him in there. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I um, so hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully people, hopefully people like the card. I think so. I think the mechanics are really cool. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what people think and looking forward to using it, uh, in my fed. Uh, so I, I, I think it's a really, really cool mechanic. Um, so yeah, good, good, good work on that one. Uh, and then next up, let's talk, uh, Calvin Tankman. Oh, Calvin Tankman. Yeah. He's Calvin Tankman, 355 pounds. Um, he's you know probably you know I mentioned uh, best super heavyweight on the on the Indies. I think I mentioned it on a previous uh, podcast. And you know he flies, he still flies to the air, three hundred fifty five pounds, doing things like this moonsault, is running shooting star press, and suicide dive, and um, he fits in well with so some of the recent names that have been released. Uh, he, you know, he's been a recent ally of Jordan Oliver and Myron Reed in Major League Wrestling and their feud against Contra. Um, He's been feeding with Jake something in BLP. Uh, Calvin Tankerman recently won the title um, last year, and only for Jake, Jake something cashed in this title shot that he'd earned and went, won the title against an exhausted uh, Tankman. And then, he, then they had a rematch, and, and uh, something won again. So they've been, you know, they defeated a little while there in BLP. Uh, so he, there's a number of, there's a number of, uh, so he's got some recent allies in, and, um, and a recent uh, feud going with, with him among recent names in the last couple sets. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, he's a great name, and and I think uh, somebody that if if you know promoters have not had the opportunity to see his work, uh, it's worth going out of your way to to see him in action because he is a hell of a talent. Uh, there's there's just no denying that. Uh, and it's you know, hey, it's I mean, I'm always thrilled when when you get people like uh, like him in the game because uh, he's a little bit different. You know, I mean, that's the thing. He's you know, a lot of the indie guys these days, um, you know, there is sort of a, a similar sensibility when it comes 
to size and style. Um, and, you know, we do, I think, you know, you do a very good job when putting these sets together of getting kind of a variety of names, which proves that that what I just said about the indie guy is not necessarily true. I think that's just sort of the stigma. But uh, but Calvin is definitely unique. So it's really cool to have him uh, in the game. Um, next up, man, somebody that I just love and does kind of fit into that that stereotype that I was just talking about, but somebody that I love and think is fantastic, the former IWTV champion himself, uh, Mr. Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty. Oh, yeah, Lee Moriarty, as you mentioned earlier, uh, so he, won, he, would won, uh, he, won, he won the mass wrestler as Jim Kai, although he wasn't in his yellow and black, he was in, I think, pink and black, I think it was. Um, you know, not, so not good not to give him away. Um, and uh, Although Zeke did predict it would be, it was him. What he told me, I'm like, oh, I know it's Lee. I know it's Lee. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I knew Lee Moriarty, and I knew Trey Lamar because Trey Lamar, when they did the two truths and a lie, he mentioned that he was trained by a former NXT champion, and I so I was thinking, I'm not thinking about Johnny Gargano, and then he did. I, I had just done his card, and he did he did a, a springboard clothesline, which is one of his signatures, and so I I knew him. There's a couple guys I didn't know, but I did know Trey Lamar, and I, I, I correctly guessed uh, Lee Moriarty, but. Um, you, I, you know, IWTV, they asked, they, Todd told me that they said we could do a card for Jinkai, but we, uh, um, we, we, uh, we didn't do Jinkai for, I think, cause, uh, cause, you know, you, so it's not going to be a whole lot different than anymore. He was about to get a card coming out and it, it was, uh, and we went with, um, we went with uh, Ben Carter instead because we wanted to get Ben Carter out and, um, you know, because he had just signed with the WWE and we wanted to get his, his you know, usually a lot of times we want to get him out when they, before, he, before they've been in the Fed too long, like a Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez and so forth, her update. Um, and we knew that there'd been a kind of a demand for uh, Ben Carter. Someone on the board started a thread about wanting him after he showed up in AEW. I think it was Ref Dog. Um, and there was a few others that chimed in too on that. So I, 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 so we knew people wanted him and he's a good name to start off the year with, with you know, Top, a good name from start off the January subscriptions for the next year. So we went with uh, we went with Ben Carter, but they had told us we could do Jinkai though. Um, they only had three matches, I guess, but still. Right. <laughs> um, so you know, and it would, have, it would have been kind of similar to Lee, Lee Moriarty's card, you know, but. Uh, but, um, it did kind of lead to like me like well, how can we come up with mass wrestler rules you know like how <laughs> can we play around with that do so maybe the next IWTV set you know if they continue doing the mass wrestler show we might come up with special rules around that we'll have to say that would be cool um yeah, I you know I I think the Lee Moriarty card looks great. The art it looks great, and uh, it's it's going to be a card that people uh, enjoy. And and uh, you know I think that when it comes to some of the master wrestler stuff, uh, you know a Jinkai card would be cool, but at the same time, like you said, it wouldn't be that different if really different at all from the Lee Moriarty card. So it would be easy enough to just you know have it in the mind's eye if it's not necessarily the present on the card. Um, Next up is uh, the clout cutter Jordan Oliver. Tell us a little bit about Jordan. Jordan Oliver, yeah, he's yeah he's only twenty one years old, and he's um, you know if his card came out last year, he, he, he would have been uh, would have been a little bit different card. Right, uh, he was fifty pounds heavier than he, than he was uh, before the pandemic started, and uh, he's at twenty one. He's already the he already had, I believe he has the longest running uh, longest reign as the wire champion in CCW. Um, which is where he started at as a, as a ring crew. And then uh, he's one of those names that started off at CCW and then got big elsewhere, kind of like, uh, you know, Shane Strickland and some others. Um, 
he won the Acid Cup uh, this past year, um, and, in, and in paying homage to Trent Acid, uh, he wore pants, you know, Trent Acid style pants, and he even won uh, three of his four victories came against the Verdi Kick, uh, the Verdi Kick, in, in honor of um, in honor of Trent Acid, and that that card's that move is one of his signatures on this card. Um, and he's he's really he's uh, he's been incredible in this past year. He's ten uh, two this year in GCW. Yeah. And he's only lost to Leo Rush and Nick Gage. That's the only two people he's lost to in GCW this year. That's and, not bad. And no. Then, and then um, right prior to the year starting, he that doesn't even include his recent victory over ECH on New Year's at uh, Atlantic City. Um, and you know he won that two-hour Iron Match, Iron Man match against Tony Deppin, which was the longest match I think. Well, he says it was the longest match since 1989. I don't know if that's if that's correct or not but that's i heard someone say it was a long smash since 1989 um and uh so um he's yeah he's been he's been great i mean he's only 21 years old so it's it's a i I think he's got a bright future yeah i I couldn't agree more um he's somebody that's been a lot of fun to watch and um you know i've uh, i haven't been always up to date on GCW stuff, but, uh, recently, you know, gone back and watched a few shows, a few of the recent shows. And I watched the the show from, um, last Saturday live. And so, uh, just, yeah, I, I think that he's fantastic and just somebody that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have him in the game because he's the type of guy that I have a feeling, you know, a couple of years from now, you know, we'll be talking about in a very different, a different way, which will be awesome, uh, for him <laughs> and, you know, and for us. <laughs> you see the GCW show in Las Vegas? I did, yeah. Okay, I yeah. actually I got this shirt uh, in uh, Las Vegas with um, GCW. They did a uh, they, they they sold this shirt just for Las Vegas. It was, it was the Ra- Raider style GCW shirt. Nice, got, that's awesome. I got one for Pete Beck. Um, he likes the Raiders. He's, he's driving me to Baltimore after Galacticon, so to go to Ring of Honor. So I should, I should have got one for him, but I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know they were going to be there. And I don't know the size, but um, but. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Don't even go on. No, 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 no worries, man. I, you know, cause we had talked a little bit about uh, briefly about the fact that you're going to the show and, uh, you've been to the show the night before as well. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, as soon as I kind of saw the card, I was like, man, I really want to see this show. And, uh, I was excited about AJ Gray, uh, versus Nick Gage, which turned out to be a great match too. And, uh, that man, uh, uh now I'm forgetting, blanking on his name, but the, the Leo Rush match, the kid that, uh, uh, he wrestled. Uh, yeah. My God, that, that match was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. He's, he's a you know he's a senior in the Bay Area. Uh, I think he's eighteen, a senior in the Bay Area this year. Um, you know when I went to the collective in Indianapolis, uh, him and Blake Christian had one of the best matches, and then uh, he main evented uh, Jimmy Lloyd's show this past collective uh, against Jimmy Lloyd and won. won um, and he, that's another guy's got a very bright future, Starboy Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, he's, he's a name. I certainly hope that we get to see a, a card for in the future because uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's pretty incredible. And again, that match with Leo rush was just out of this world. And, and like, and the thing about it is that they both, you know, were great, but at the same time, you, you just couldn't help but walk away from that match. Just realizing how, how much of a whiff like WWE took on Leo rush because he is absolutely incredible. Like just, I mean, better than his years, better. I mean, he's just absolutely incredible talent, both in and out of the ring. So uh, it was, it was great to see, but of course, like I said, Starboard Charlie just, just was right there with him the whole way. Um, 
And then, of course, next Actually, up. Do, do you have a, oh, a quick yeah. uh, clarification here? So there was a longer match within the last few years. Um, Chris Hero at Smash did wrestle for yeah, that's right. uh, 190 minutes but in the <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet. The difference between that match, though, and the Tony Deppin and Jordan Oliver match is that he did it wasn't a one-on-one match. True, true. He, and, he had, and, he, and he did have and he did have short breaks between uh between each uh each one like you know sometimes he'd get like a rest period or something like that but uh but no i thought of that match too and the reason i didn't bring it up is because like i said it wasn't one-on-one um but you're right it was in the noki versus saito match uh death mat in 1987 that was 125 minutes yeah their island their island death match island death match yes that's just brutal (laughs) (laughs) that good (laughs) yeah i was thinking the last okay the last one-on-one was in the 80s i guess I think I think when I say United, it's probably not thinking about the day seven match, but yeah, I did hear about the Chris Harrell match and Smash, but I think, but like Sam said, there was a, there was a little, there was a little different. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But just wanted um, wanted to put some on air, you know, clarification there. That, so. <laughs> thank you, thank you for keeping us honest. Um, so uh, the next name that that I wanted to talk about is the current uh, Ring of Honor World Television Champion. That's Tony Deppen, uh, which is actually a perfect segue because we were just talking about the two hour match that he had with with uh, Jordan Oliver. So uh, tell us a little about Tony Deppen and getting him in the game. Okay, well, Tony Deppen, I got Tony Deppen in Indianapolis. Actually, the same show I signed up, uh, uh, Tankman and. Kylie Ray and uh, Ben Carter. Um, and Tony Deppin um, was a guy we'd been trying to get for a while. And, and yeah. I, I saw him standing um, by the merch table. The main event was about to happen. They were doing the ring entrances, and I saw him standing by the merch table. He wasn't selling merch, but he was just in the area. And I thought maybe I should, maybe I should go talk to him quickly. And I, and I did, and I went to talk to him. And, yeah, and I, I was able, I was able to, to get him to sign up. He, First, he wanted me. He goes, "Oh, send me an email." And I was thinking, "Oh no," because because I we've sent emails before and it hasn't responded. So, I, um, but I was able to get him to sign there. And uh, um, so, yeah, we got to, we got Tony Depp in the game. He's the he's basically the gatekeeper of GCW. Like a lot of you know, a lot of the the, the guys who will, uh, are coming to GCW will, will, will wrestle him sometimes if they're if it's a trial or whatever. Um, uh, not always that's, that's the case, but sometimes it is. And he's now, of course, the ROH World TV champion. Um, he's part of Violence Unlimited, which is actually Violence Unlimited was a, a tag name for Brody King and Bateman and SoCal together. But now they've Violence Unlimited is that new faction in the Ring of Honor with a slightly different spelling. And it's uh, Brody King still and Chris Dickinson and Homicide and, and Deppin. So we have the whole faction there. And so that's so, yeah, I was really happy when I saw him win the title. Um, yeah yeah he he's such a great talent and i i've really enjoyed you know seeing him you know in, in a variety of promotions um I, I remember his match against uh penta in uh for battle of los angeles uh 2019 yes. i think it was 2019 um and then uh of course his work in chikara um you know i think that that's actually when i first saw him um was was in chikara but uh yeah he's he's a really cool uh guy to have in the game and uh very 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 excited to have uh him signed and, and now getting a card represented in uh in the best of the indies 2021 and uh i think i mean i think it's a great card and i think people will be really happy with it um and then we've got madman fulton uh man what a 
I just, yeah, I think he's such a great talent. And again, is kind of unique and, and occupies that same space. Like we were talking about like Calvin Tankman earlier with being able to, uh, um, you know, do some of the high flying stuff and being very agile for a guy, his size. Yeah. I mean, he's a, yeah, and he's got a lot of moves on, on his card that they're, are kind of, um, that are kind of, they kind of are kind of unique and kind of violent in a way that, uh, that, not a lot of the wrestlers do like it's second rope choke and uh, he stands on the second rope and dangles the guy in midair and chokes the, the life out of him. And, um, yeah, he's a, I knew he was going to be at the hall of fame and I reached out to him. I think, I think I mentioned last time you guys had me on world a couple weeks ago, uh, that uh, I saw that online that he was in another card game and, and I, so I, and I knew he was coming to the, uh, hall of fame. And so I thought maybe I should ask, Madman Fulton, if he wants to do, be in the game, like send him, uh, you know, cards for, uh, or show him the cards of like Ace Austin and Sam Callahan. And, and he was very enthusiastic about when he wanted to, wanted to do it. So, um, uh, so yeah, I was, I was happy to get him. He was not originally going to be in the set, but uh, we had a couple changes in the roster and we were able to put him in there. So it's, uh, I'm glad he'll get it. We'll be able to get his card out before the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, we'll we'll kind of wrap up our little our little summary of the set with uh, Iron Beast, Shane Mercer, and KTB. Um, give us some thoughts on on the two of them. Okay, that's probably good way to in the and those guys. If we're talking about mechanics next, because those those guys, right? Have. I know. I don't just make this stuff up. I, sometimes I have a plan. <laughs> um, well, yeah, K, KTB and Shane Mercer. Um, um, they are uh, probably. I think they're going to be the next GCW tag team champions. Is, mm-hmm. is my guess. Uh, right, you know, right now uh, GCW's tag team champions are uh, not. A, I, I don't know what. The, I don't know the whole story. I don't think they're able to come to the country or something, or they're not able to use them, or, or I'm not sure what the whole story is. But they. Um, Joe Mike was on the board said that you know he thought maybe that they do their upcoming show in Mexico that the titles might change hands there, and I think that's probably a good good, good guess. That, um, sounds, I think that could sound likely. And I, I think that the uh, these will. I think Iron, Iron Beast is my pick to be the next GCW tag team champions. Um, they've got some other tag teams in GCW that they're looking at now. For the reason, like Bussy, uh, you know, Effie and Alley Cat, and you can use different iterations of uh, the second year crew and so forth. But right, I think I, I, my pick. I, my guess is it is they'll be the next tag team champions for GCW. Um, and it's you know. Mercer's about 30 pounds lighter than KTB, but he's actually a lot stronger than KTB. Um, he's got a lot more muscle mass. He's a professional bodybuilder. Uh, body I'm sorry. Um, yeah, just immensely strong. He does this gift flex, which is on his uh, card, where he does a belly-to-belly from the one corner of the turn of the one corner of the ring, and the guy lands on the other corner of the ring. Um, uh, KTB's about 30 pounds heavier, but you know, he's got decent agility, but not quite as, not quite, a little less strong than, uh, than, than Mercer and using Mercer does not usually when we have somebody at 220, we don't give them minus two power, but just, there are exceptions. And this guy does, does definitely get some, he one-handed military presses, uh, just incredibly strong. He's like, you know, Brian Cage is 218. And sometimes, you know, you, you have, except, you know, you have the guys that are, uh, are stronger than most people in that weight limit. And that's, that's definitely one of the most shame Mercer. Um, uh, so yeah, I, th- I, th- I think, uh, they're both singles cards. Um, but they, since they tag so, so often, they do have some tag moves on their cards and that's those type of, but they, since they, they, they are individual wrestlers a lot of too, they, um, 
there's no regular tankers on the cars. It's just they're just mechanics. But of course, that takes up space at the, at the, the bottom. But um, so that's that's a that's a time definitely when we use mechanics. Uh, wild card and the tag team set last year was just kind of the same thing because they you know I six and Latimer wrestle a lot individually, but you know they were also tagging. So um, I thought the best way to use it was you know. Uh, given the singles cards, but yet, uh, you know, good, with the good tag defenses and uh, tag mechanics when they, when, they, when they tag together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that those mechanics are incredibly important, uh, you know, obviously for, for, for these guys and, you know, like you were talking about wild cards, but I'm, I'm all for, you know, anytime we see those types of mechanics for uh, tag teams to, you know, to either give them the opportunity to have a singles card basically at the same time they're getting the tag card, if you will, or, you know, uh, uh, vice versa. And, and I, so I, I just, I love the, those types of mechanics. Um, and I think that they tend to work really well just because again, it just, you know, as, as a promoter, it gives me a little bit more versatility. So, uh, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, Todd, anything that you want to add about any of the names that we've discussed before we start talking about our mechanics? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a, a great mix of guys across a number of different promotions, you know, it's a couple of different, uh, uh, you know, different televised, uh, products as well, uh, that you can see these guys on. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it just, it, it's really cool doing these best of sets, really kind of getting, you know, a mix of really who's hot at that point, you know, not really kind of feeling confined to certain things. So I really kind of like having, you know, having this set out there with really the guys who are really huge at that time and really up and coming. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, when we did last year's set, you know, I don't know how many of them would have maybe made it, but now they're mm-hmm. like really the top of the game. I mean, the indie scene is always evolving. So, quickly so it's really kind of cool to have these ones out there be able to get these guys right as they're kind of hitting hitting the top of the scene yeah you know it's also indicative not only of the talent but also of the promotions that that seem to be the hottest because you know you just look at like the the sheer number of names for instance that have competed in gcw or you look at the sheer number of names that have competed in black label pro or you know i mean like some of the some of the sort of standout names when it comes to uh the the you know the indie promotions right now and and the last set you know it was the same thing with like names that had been in limitless and beyond and you know and other great promotions kind of in the northeast and uh, uh or you know looking at the south like southern underground pro and action so um just just some yeah some incredible names and and a lot of versatility for promoters uh you know you've got guys that'll fill certain spots people that you can kind of like you know one of the things that i've done with my indie fed recently is i kind of set things up so that i could cycle out talent pretty easily so it's like if they lose you know three matches in a row they're 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 out you know hit the bricks and it gives me the opportunity to then bring in another talent um it, it, it has sucked a little bit because it means that I said goodbye to Tom Lawler far, far sooner oh. than I wanted to. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he went on a little bit of a losing streak. You basically and, have the uh, reverse Chikara, you know, title shot right. uh, rule there. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I you know, I, I think that, you know, the names that we've got at our disposal uh, are, are just incredible and continue to get better. You know, I mean, the thing is, is like for me personally, I would say like the last three indie sets have really really you know step things up as far as you know the the complete makeup of the set and that's not to say that you know past sets have not been great we've certainly had some really great sets but i feel like you know you look at the iwtv set you look at this set and i I mean you could pick any one of these names to be the the main eventer like the headliner for for your fed um which is something that i want to talk a little bit more about later but before we do that uh you know we started to talk about the mechanics here uh specifically when it came to iron 
Iron Beast, KTB, and Shane Mercer. Um, but I, I'm curious, you know, for you, Zeke, when it comes to creating the cards, do you find yourself having to sometimes say no to mechanics uh, just to kind of keep things simple? Or are you, you know, more likely to utilize a, a mechanic on a card if you think that, it, you know, it'll, it'll kind of open things up for the use of that card? Yeah, well, there's, there's a, for me, I, there's a couple different times, I think, uh, um, when mechanics come into play, uh, for sure. Um, one time is when, uh, you know, you have, when, when sometimes I have, you know, multiple finishers and you just can't put so many cards, you can't put so many finishers on level three offense without, without Right. Um, so that, that happens. I mean, Calvin Tinkman's got a, uh, Plus, sometimes you have they have a finisher that doesn't get used as frequently either, and so you you don't want it recurring as often as you want the regular finisher. So that's another reason to do it too. Um, uh, Calvin Tankman's got a, uh, a Tankman driver's finisher, but he's also got the GF driver, um, and that's been, that's on there um, as a mechanic. Uh, it's a one out of six just because it's one that he doesn't use as often. It's a little more powerful than Tankman driver when he does use it, but you know I don't want it. To, it shouldn't be on the the card as often as the tank and driver so it should be it should be a mechanic uh, the use is less common um so you know moves it might be that they still use but not as frequently um uh to, to for sometimes card balance you know sometimes you uh, uh for sometimes you can put in tag moves for a guy that would otherwise be a single uh sometimes you're just watching a match and you get an idea that you want to like uh daniel garcia for for me i was watching uh did his card last uh, quarter for IWTV. Um, I didn't really have anything for him in terms of mechanics, but then I saw that sometimes he would do some of his submission moves. Uh, and he'd add the elbow strikes to it. And I got the idea that, um, you know, about, about making some of those occasionally and add one. And then, uh, then yeah. I saw he has, you know, uh, his finisher where he does different variations of it. Sometimes he bridges it back and says occasionally even use the elbow strike. So when, you know, zero plus one and then two um uh so he can he can he can really fluctuate in terms of card strength he's he's a guy daniel garcia is a guy he's he's um he's a c4 champion uh the first i think the first american to hold that title i think hmm. and he's definitely uh as good as he is right now he's got his better days ahead of him um yeah so he's a limitless uh, champion too right now so i mean he's he's, he's he's a double double title holder you know move over kenny omega um <laughs> He's, he's he's got a great future ahead of him. Um, yeah, and um, I wanted and I wanted to kind of make it the idea that his, his card can be uh, about where he should be at. But also, you know, you can with his mechanics, he can you can you can, you can uh, depending on how, how it rolls out, he can uh, at times he'll be, he'll be a little stronger than others. So um, I I like my Daniel Gar- I like the Garcia one. I like the one too. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, it's funny because in, in my experience using him, uh, he ended up making it to the finals of, of my um, my Indy Fed's uh, last tournament um, for the Outlaw Spirit title and uh, then had a great rematch, you know, for the belt uh, against Matthew Justice. And it's funny because, you know, if, if you just give a cursory glance to the back of his card, I think you could absolutely, you know, underestimate uh, the, the quality uh, of card that he has. Um, and, you know, so he is a guy that can, that can perform at that, that high level. Um, 
You know, one of the things, so one of the things that Todd and I were talking off mic about a little earlier, uh, and, and I, I want Todd's uh, opinion on this as well, but uh, there was a system, a homemade system, you know, a long time ago. I think I first read it over 20 years ago for, for a push system. You know, basically, like if you wanted to give a card uh, a push, that there were ways that you could, you know, improve that card so that they could have sort of, uh, you know, main event skills uh, that, that might be better than what that card are already had. Um, and, and I always thought that it was a great idea, but I did feel like that particular push system, it was, it was maybe a little too much, um, that, 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 that there might be an easier way to do it. I don't know what that way is, but I am curious, like as far as the potential, you know, for some sort of official rules, cause like you just mentioned about Daniel Garcia, let's say that, you know, I look at Daniel Garcia and I see him in C4 and I see him in limitless. And I see a guy who's my headliner. He's my main event. He's my title holder. He's the guy, you know, that I want to put at the top of the card, but maybe I feel like his skills don't necessarily quite get him there with some of the other talent that I'm bringing in. So, you know, we're talking mechanics. Let's just, you know, let's spitball here a little bit. If, if there was to be an official mechanic, what are some of the things that you think you would do to institute that, that kind of uh, a mechanic for, for indie cards in particular? Uh, so if there was a, uh, if there was a mechanic for, uh, if you wanted to give someone, someone, a, someone a push, uh, kind of like a boost from where they're currently standing at. Yeah, like if you wanted to take a card and you wanted to give a you know a shot at the main event and, and you know and, and make sure that they were really going to be fairly dominant against uh, most other comers, you know. Uh, um. Well, I guess I guess some uh, you know you have, you want to obviously uh, adjust your stats a little bit for that, um, and I don't know the original push system that that you're referring to that was done. Yeah, it would. I mean, I'd have to go back and 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 look it up exactly, and which I, I did not take the time to do as much as I was, you know, talking about my preparedness earlier. But uh, mm-hmm. I can I can find it here. Uh, but I think in essence, you know, it involved like you know dropping the pin rating, changing the power and agility ratings, changing a couple of chart ratings, like doing all this sort of stuff. And it felt like that might have been just a little bit. You know, that that might have been too many modifications. Uh, to, to, you know, there was a, maybe a way to streamline it a little bit more in order to, you know, to do something like that. Um, you know, maybe it was just as simple as re-rolling their pen, like doing like the, you know, the sort of the champion's advantage rule or something. I don't know. I, I, I was just curious because I thought it might be kind of cool, especially when it comes to the indies, since we do have guys that get a card created and then, you, you know, sometimes they take off practically overnight you know you think about like the the instance for the evolve sets for instance matt riddle is a great example you know that first matt riddle came out a card came out and then it was almost obsolete within six months and 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 you know when we got the next matt riddle card it was just sort of like yeah i mean this is this is the guy he is and so you know same thing with zach uh zach saber jr and zach saber jr is another great example we got his first card and and it was and it was practically obsolete just because of of, of where he went after that so you know the idea being that we don't always get the opportunity to have remakes because we want to make space for new talent so let's say i've got a card that maybe i want to you know and i know it's up to you promoter but i'm just you know again i'm just curious as if there was going to be an official rule for this what do you think that might entail um i don't know todd what, what are your thoughts on that well you know i was kind of thinking i mean obviously i mean I, I hesitate a little bit to adjust the agility and power ratings like at least not too much just because you know what the guy's agility and power is probably doesn't change a whole 
ton there unless they're you know training particularly but it might be you know maybe obviously dropping the pin i think would be helpful there i think also just some other different tweaks along the card like you know looking at their level two offense and maybe changing you know what their number four is on their level two offense like maybe it's a right now it's a two choice f what about moving that to a three choice d that's that's enough to kind of give a little bit of a boost and maybe like a couple different things like that where you're kind of maybe bumping up like a move on like a level two or a level three just a little bit it might be enough to kind of give that guy just the edge they need to be more competitive and maybe something also on the defense as well yeah i think probably maybe even more so on the defense just you know being able to be more resistant to stuff so maybe you know changing something on a level two or a level three one down one thing you know instead of a a days one maybe it's a level one reversal maybe instead of you know having uh you know an extra hurt two maybe there's an extra da- days to one on there just a couple of those little things that you know might you know just swing it a little bit cuz a lot of these cards you know it, it's pretty tight, you know, with where you have guys statted. So even some changes like that could make a big difference. Right, right. Well, that's a very, very good point. Uh, Zeke, what, what about you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, those, those, those are good ones. Uh, sometimes uh, when we're trying when trying to figure out uh, where guys should go, uh, you know, we've made last-minute adjustments such as, you know, two-choice C or two-choice F2 or three-choice D or three-choice C. Um, uh, we did that. We did that with Matt Cadona last summer because we wanted him to be just a little bit, you know, around uh, you know, PJ Black's level. I remember that. Um, uh, yeah, Justin, yeah, just you can you can adjust the pin a little bit. You can maybe uh, maybe the finisher rating. Although we don't. Yeah, ever since uh, 2017, we haven't gone above plus two for a finisher rating for for uh, for Indies. Um, um, but yeah, those those toast those small types of tweaks are are, are good. Uh, Maybe uh, you know making a you know, defense of it's you know, they have a two um, two one level defenses on level two defense uh, maybe maybe making one or two or switching one of those hurt days two so I'm sorry, days um, hurt two so days one uh, yeah. One of the things that I, you know, I, I, one of the things that I'll say that I've done in, in the past, uh, I did this with my Ring of Honor fed, is that uh, if I was, you know, giving a guy like a main event spot or something like that, I would change the down three on level two uh, to a hurt two. Uh, that that often, you know, gave them a pretty good advantage just by changing that over, you know, other guys who had that down three. Um, because that down three sometimes on hurt two can just spell doom for some of these indie cards um so that was something that i personally changed um you know if i was giving a guy uh, kind of a main event run uh, or a run at a main eventer perhaps um but i agree like simple things like that are, are actually pretty effective uh when it comes to to kind of altering the you know the strength of of a card and giving them maybe a better shot at that at that main event spot yeah Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of, yeah. I know a lot of people don't want to really change the stats there, but yeah, as these guys really evolve and whatnot, it, you know, it, getting a better representation of who they are at that point, I think is, is, you know, is good. I mean, yeah, I think Sam and I were even talking before is like, you know, maybe we should publish some, you know, like, 
you know, official, unofficial tweaks to cards to kind of maybe <laughs> represent where they are at that point, you know, just kind of having an, you know, an, an ongoing, you know, uh, you know, stat adjustments, things that we, you know, suggest centrally, you know, could be something down the line, you know, if that's something that people are interested in, definitely let us know. It could be something that, that we take a look at. Well, yeah, because I remember even in the early days of online that there was the notion that, you know, that, that stats could change from year to year without an official card necessarily being released. Right. Like that was one the of the things. Yeah, yeah, with the GWF yeah. stuff. And I think that that's a great idea for, you know, for the indies is that it does give cards the opportunity to kind of evolve without necessarily, you know, giving them a, a new card, uh, right. an updated card. And in, I mean, in some instances, it makes sense to get the new card. And we've been very, very lucky in like Evolve and Ring of Honor and, um, you know, even uh, CZW, like some of the updates that have occurred, you know, throughout those those sets. Um, so, and, and there are obviously, yeah. you know, guys out there that people want to see updates of. Um, but again, since we were kind of talking about mechanics, I just thought it'd be kind of cool to, to, to see if there, you know, is there kind of some sort of like official rule set that could be created or even or you know the question is is like even if it could should it be created you know is that the type of thing that 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 promoters would even want and and ultimately at the end of the day you know hey it's a catchphrase for a reason it's up to you promoter so you you know you can change stuff without without having to have an official rule if you want to um i know that uh chad olson um if i'm not mistaken chad olson's got a uh got some type of chart where you can uh um adjust the the indie cards to make them uh, a little more compatible with LW legends of wrestling. I think, uh, I think he's, uh, I'm not mistaken. He, he has something like that. I, I could, now that I said that, I, know I could be wrong, but I believe he does. So if, if you'd uh, maybe ask Chad about how he does it, because I know Chad, I'm pretty sure Chad was the one that, that has some type of conversion chart for something. Yeah, I think I think you are right. I, I think I do remember hearing that. I know that he had uh, for his um, Legends Fed that he was running on the boards uh, a little, you know, just recently that um, he was using guys uh, with, you know, like their their real name and like their rookie year. Um, and so he, he had like a, a formula or method that he was using to kind of downgrade their stats uh, a little bit to, to represent them as at an earlier point in their career, uh, which I thought was cool. So, you know, it's always interesting you know, when you hear stuff like that. Oh, I want to I take a look under the hood. Show me what you're doing there. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, there's so many great, uh, y- you know, promoter made rules out there or mechanics out there. Um, and the, the push system that I was talking about was done by Baby Cindy. Um, unfortunately, the link is broken on the board, so I couldn't pull it up. I have it saved on one of my hard drives, but I just don't have it accessible to me right this second because um, I saved a ton of that stuff back in the day. And, and I have a hard drive that's literally filled with like almost everything that was, you know, on the boards from, you know, 10, 12 years ago or so. Um, but uh, I we could probably reach out to Cindy and get that again. I know it's, it just uh, posted some battle royal rules on the uh, Phil Singer Games uh yeah. discussion group and on, on facebook so that was pretty cool i yeah. remember for battle royals i haven't i did the, the one uh the um the other stuff we're talking about from the right don't i haven't seen so. yeah I, re- I remember that one and then there was like a, a an advanced submission holds and finishers uh optional rule set that she had as well um that that i enjoyed i didn't you know the thing is is like i would oftentimes take a look at this stuff and i would end up not using it <laughs> just because like for for one reason or another i would kind of say like oh yeah that's really cool but i'll just stick with the you know the game as is and mm. you, you know so i didn't use a lot of that stuff the special matches like i use other people's special matches all the time sure. especially back sure. like in the you know when there was that group of 
like the GWF hardcore uh, uh, Yahoo mailing list that, that I was a part of. Like there were like that was when like, you know, Jamie Wilson and Anthony Duclos and like some of those guys were like creating like lawnmower, you know, de- death matches back before anybody knew what a lawnmower death match was, <laughs> and, you know, crazy, crazy stuff like that. But um, anyway, uh, you know, steering it back towards mechanics real quick. Um, I do think that, you know, that, that that Garcia card is a great example of what you were talking about with those sort of alternative moves. And I love, I, I, I actually love, uh, cards that have multiple finishers um, that are, you know, that, that are in one finisher. So it only takes up one spot on the card, but it's roll. And, you know, you could have the opportunity that they could hit, you know, any one of three moves or four moves, or in the case of, I think that Matt Riddle card, I think it's like literally like six moves or something or, or the, the Zack Sabre Jr. card, but um, uh, which is, which is great. I think that, that having the opportunity to represent that sort of stuff is awesome. Um, y- you know, I am curious when it comes to, the the decision though for uh some of the the tag mechanics that you use you know getting back to that iron beast discussion um oftentimes they'll address like a finisher um you know sometimes it'll address like a tag move but there are oftentimes there's a tag move maybe left out of the you know the 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 bunch so you'll have like you know one of the tag moves covered you'll have a finisher covered but then there might be like a level one offense tag move that's still that is still there so i'm always curious as to what the thought process is there you know is that is that an instance where you yourself personally you would re-roll that move if they were wrestling a singles match or would you just take it as it's another move at the same strength Okay, you're, you're, so if you're asking if I um, have a, uh, if there's a if guy in a singles match who on his card has a tag move at a regular spot, yep, and I come across it, what, 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 and there's no, uh, there's no listed alternative. What, yeah, what I do. Well, what would you do? I I do exactly what the show, the name of the show does. I roll up. Uh, <laughs> I, I, there we go. <laughs> I I go from. Level three, level two. I used to have it, but I think it's, I um, just just because I, you know, if you're on level three defense offensive, and one of the reasons I like that rule so much is if you're on level three offense and you have a tag guy, and you can you can vary who it is, but that's why I like for Mercer and Kiki, I didn't have regular tag moves on their card. Um, I giving these are on level three offense. You're giving them one out of five chances to hit a finisher when. A lot of times they're not as proficient on the match. When it has one out of six, and it's giving them an advantage in the match, which they probably should be at a disadvantage of. So I, I personally like the roll-up move. Yeah, um, but uh, that's that's me. So. Todd, what about you? What would you do? Hmm. I'd probably re-roll on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> um. So here's what I would do. If it's if it if we're talking about just a, a move that is a straight out level three offense tag move, yeah. uh, I probably would roll up. Uh, if, however, it's like a level three add one, then I don't re-roll and I don't roll up. I just don't have it be an add one move anymore. Just make it a level. Yeah, yeah, bring it down a level. Yeah, right. I've done that before too. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of fluid with it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's and, and I and I'll be completely honest. I literally have probably different things that I'll do for my you know my GWF uh, compared to my legends com- compared to my indies. Like there, I, I use different things all the time uh, from Fed to Fed, just because I feel like there are certain things that fit the style of a Fed better uh, for me personally. Um, and so even yeah, even with the the re roll stuff, 
and DQ stuff is obviously different in, in my indie fed compared to my legends fed, you know, compared to my GWF. And, uh, so I, I think that uh, I have a really weird rule with, with disqualifications. So. Yeah, what is it? What is it? <laughs> uh, well, actually it's not that weird, but, uh, what I do is if it is a, uh, pay-per-view, then I will have to roll disqualification twice in a row. Mm-hmm. If it is a regular weekly show, then I roll disqualification um, once. If you know, if it's a disqualification the first time, I re-roll it a disqualification two more times. And if it's a disqualification on one of those next two rolls, then it's a disqualification. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it's got to be two out of three. You know, with with uh, on the TV, but in, on the pay per view, it's going to be two in a row. All right. All right. I like that. I, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of people out there that are, are, are like, you know, disqualification phobic, but for me, I always enjoy them. Um, you know, there are times certainly when I've been disappointed that a match ends in disqualification, but my thought is, is it's like, if I didn't want it to end in a disqualification, then I could just, I could make it you know, a no DQ match, you know, I could have it be a a specialty match of some sort, but especially if it's, if it's a TV show, like you're saying, like a weekly show or something like that, the more DQs, the better I'm fine with them because it just leads to bigger and better things. And then when I have those big cards, I can load those cards up with, you know, specialty matches across the board if I want to. Um, But uh, the thing that gets to me is, you know, the, the one or two move matches. And it's just sort of like, oh man, what do I do about this? I had a match recently with Blake Christian uh, beat Matthew justice for my outlaw spirit title in my indie fed. And it was, and it was like Blake Christian just steamrolled him in like four moves and I couldn't believe it. Um, I had um, monolith this past week. I'm filling in my my years, my color years for COCG 40 back to my indies full time. And in one move chaos, uh, Supreme lost to Monolith. Monolith rolled that uh, three at one that he has at number six on level one offense. And oh man, Chaos then had to go roll, level three defense, rolled his pin, and then rolled Snake Eyes, and Monolith beat him in one move. Uh, wow, wow, pull the Daniel Garcia on on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's so impressive, Zeke. What are some of your favorite mechanics that you've that you've put on cards? Um. Well. Uh. Well. Two that we mentioned, like Garcia and Chris Chris Masters, I like that. I like the hammer lock. That's one that I really like a lot. Um, yeah, uh, I like some of the ones that we. Yeah, when you just mentioned, um, like you said, like if you have a tag match, you have a guy that has an add one and a tag, you just make it a three move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I one one thing like I kind of I look for those when I do tag matches and uh, like Royce Isaacson and. Um, Latimer is, is a wild card. Uh, you know, on uh, Isaac's card, he's got the you know the hangman neckbreaker, which is a three. And then, but I had his mechanic where in for Latimer, it's you know he has the hangman neckbreaker. Then the, 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 the Latimer delivers the elbow drop, which is a three out of one. But it's on the card, it's just a th- so I like to do things like like that that work where you can you know you have different options of how you want to you know you can make it a, a tag versus a, a non-tag and. Um, that I, I like to do, I like to do those where you can you have an alternative that makes that makes sense for another move, um, uh, but one that may not be something that would that should show up as often as, as a regular move. So, um, so a good a good substitution move would, I think is, is also works well for mechanics. Um, I like the when you can think of really good defensive mechanics that are unique, um, like mm. with his. Uh, with his, uh, his, his deck of cards and with his wand, um, with his magic, with, with his staff that uh, 
from from last year. I like I like those a lot too. Um, so uh, when you are look, looking to, to make something, you know, awesome mechanics that are unique that have never been done before, I think are all cool, are, are cool and they when they work as well. Um, so. Uh, and then, then sometimes though it just makes sense to do a mechanic that is not unique and it's been done, but you just it just makes sense to have it as a mechanic. Like the, the Tankman driver is one is a regular finisher, but he's got the GF driver, which uh, is not used as often, but it's a little more powerful and, and uses occasionally. So it makes sense to make that a mechanic, even though it's not nothing really unique about it. Although there is a mechanic on uh, Tankman that it does that is a little different, but it's, it's kind of similar to an LW card, but it, it, it applied to him as well. But uh, but um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just it just uh, I, I guess there's different reasons to put on to, to put a mechanic on a card. Um, sure. I got careful though because I put too, I write too much um, mechanic sometimes, but I I uh, um, so I've got to keep it to around forty words. And there's actually Todd told me there's there's actually a limit on characters because uh, you can keep around forty words, but some words are more than others. So you might keep write forty five words and that can be more than. 40 words, you know, so, or 40 could be more than 45. So, um, it's right. <laughs> we did find four lines of whatever that width is. That's kind of our <laughs> limit is what we can do and make it legible. We don't want any, uh, if anyone remembers the, uh, was it the, the Necros and sinful cards there from a couple sets ago with the GWF. That was a bit, uh, a bit much. So we were trying to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting too, because I, you know, I, I'll say, um, that with Edith surreal, there were, you, you know, I, I was really trying to figure out exactly how I wanted her card to work. And, you know, of course, move set is something that, you, you know, you, you try to figure out, it's like, okay, you know, I can put 18 moves basically. Well, not even really, cause you gotta have incorporate, you know, charts and stuff. So like, you know, really you're getting about like, you know, 15, 16 moves on a card. And when you look at that, it's like, okay, well clearly this person does more than 15 moves in a match, but it's like, what are the moves that are going to, you know, tell the best story about, you know, what she does in the ring and, you know, and best represent her uh, and her skill set. And then, you know, after I kind of figured that out, then I started thinking like, oh, well, she kind of does this sometimes. Oh, well, what about this? And I know that Todd and I had like this long discussion in particular, because like, if you watch her matches, especially anything that she's done in the last six months, the commentators always talk about like how lanky she is and her long limbs and how she's able to get out of submission holds. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to incorporate some sort of like defensive mechanism whenever she's in an, you know, a submission hold or something. And the more, the more we thought about it, the more we talked about it, I was just sort of like, you know what? The truth of the matter is that's what the reversals are for. Like if, if she just gets a reversal, then that, that can help tell that story and the promoter can do whatever they want to do with it. Um, because it is tempting, you know, it's tempting to kind of like add mechanics in and she does actually have a mechanic on her card, but it's a, you know, it's a fairly simple one. Uh, but like, it, it, I think it's tempting sometimes to add more mechanics because you want you know, a wrestler to, to be designed a certain way, you know, and especially if it's somebody that you have an affinity for, you're like, Oh, how do I incorporate this? So are there, are there ever times Zeke where you kind of just have to tell yourself, no, <laughs> like I, I, I want this, but no, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, sometimes there are, it's, um, you know, you can, you can, cause sometimes, uh, you can use, uh, you know, sometimes uh, like things like it might happen outside the ring. It's maybe that's why he has the A because he's a good brawler and he uses, you know, he, he handles himself outside the ring so well at times. Uh, you know, he's uh, uh, Callahan. I almost put on, you know, he does, he does that. Uh, actually, no, that didn't make the card about the victory lap. He, he did, but 
there's been some there's been some things outside of the ring where I've thought about doing a mechanic for certain people, but instead just went you know he has he already, he has the A already. Um, you know we have to we can only put down so much at the bottom of the card. Um, so uh, or you know um, you, you know you, low blows uh, you could do you know if someone does a low blow a lot like uh, a Lattimore was doing when I was working on his card or so far you can go on there or maybe it just accounts for the DQ uh, if he does it just occasionally and you don't need to on there uh, um so yeah there's there are there, there are certain things that maybe don't need to have mechanics and can just be reflected in other ratings for sure i think yeah like uh like a uh, myron reed um he uh you know his you know he wears he wears that chest protector and the reason he's got an a on his um the reason he's got an A on his uh, chart was because when people land on his chest, a lot of times, they, like a major wrestling, they, they just they, you know they crumple over in pain because because uh, he landed right directly on that chest protector. Um, but they don't always do that. But instead of writing a, um, a separate mechanic for that, because um, we already had a lot on there for the bottom of his card, it just reflected the fact that he has an A death rate jump against. So that's why he has the A on there. So um, yeah, there's there's some you don't need. To- well, right. I mean, and that's, and you know, and that's kind of, that. that's the genius of the game, right? Is that, is that there are things that exist without having to kind of create something new or think something new up that, that help to tell that story and, and, and give you the opportunity to kind of, you, you know, uh, do that. And I think it's great, you know, too, that, that you mentioned that. And one of the things that, you know, personally, especially because it's something that I've been working on lately is like, I would love to have the opportunity that like with, the, you know, these indie cards in particular, like, to talk to you about stuff like that, because what you just said would have been really, really great to put in the booklet, for instance, you know, and to kind of say like, you know, there's not, obviously there's not a mechanic. We're not describing the mechanic, but to, to say like, you know, Hey, this is something to keep in mind when, you know, somebody goes for a death jump on Myron Reed or something, because I do think that things like that, uh, you know, are, are add to a little bit, uh, add a little bit of nuance to an already really creative and wonderful rule set that exists without necessarily having to create, like you say, those new mechanics. Um, Todd, anything to add to the discussion about mechanics in general, any questions you have or anything that you want to tell, tell promoters about mechanics? Um, you know, I, I always, you know, it, it's always kind of fun, you know, to have, you know, some really cool, unique things, you know, for guys incorporated there. I know it's always a balance of not, you know, not utilizing it too much and kind of using it as a crutch to add things, you know, there should, you know, there's a lot of cards that you can really just do straight up. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, you know, it's really like the challenge of kind of like, you know, having that, but really putting the mechanic on there when you really kind of need something, uh, need something special um yeah so it's it's always a tough balancing act and uh um but uh, yeah i think uh there's some really cool things that people have come up with over the years uh again i think the you said the master lock one here i think is a really cool unique one added into this one i remember um uh mance warner had a cool one a couple years ago with uh you know, with using uh, the the chair and stuff like that, you know, that was something unique and different in there. So, you know, when it really makes sense, I think it, it's really cool and it'll add something, uh, you know, really make that card, uh, you know, pop for that wrestler. And I, and I like, you know, incorporating it where it makes sense. But again, just, it's a matter of just kind of doing it, you know, where we need it. And you know, we try to make, the, we try to make sure the rule of, you know, 
you know, more than half the card should not have a, you know, a <laughs> mechanic on it. You, right, know, right. you know, unless unless there's something really unique about, you know, that set that, you know, is calling for it, you know, but, you know, but a standard, you know, indie set or, um, you know, regular, you know, legend set, you know, I wouldn't expect most, you know, most of the cards to have it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, certainly it can, it, it can add a lot of depth to a card. There's no doubt, but it can also, I think, get in the way sometimes. And so being able to temper it and realize when, you know, when to and when not to is the most important thing. And, you know, yeah. I, I know in my, in my, you know, minuscule experience, because I never fiddled around mechanics when I was doing bootlegs i think maybe i would do like roll finishers every once in a while but that was about it i never did yeah. anything else um and so you know when it came to doing the Edith surreal card it was one of those things where it was just it was it was clear to me it's like this will get in the way you know this will get in the way so um i, I mean kudos to the work that you do zeke because i always enjoy seeing the mechanics that you put on the cards and i think that you know, you're right about the chris masters card in particular i think people are really going to like that i think it's unique i think it's a little bit different than some of the other stuff that we've seen on cards before um and then obviously the other cards that that have you know a finisher mechanic or or you can know, go back to the daniel garcia card i think that that's a really wonderful way of using those mechanics because it's it, it's um you know, it's it's basically something that I did with the Edith Surreal card, you know, is borrow one of those mechanics because I think that it's it, it works um, and, and there's a reason why, you know, people use this type of stuff, whether it's in Legends or, or Indies uh, or, of course, anything that Tom does uh, with, with GWF or, or, you know, Mike does with Centra or Rob does with FTR, or, you know, any of the great creators that, that, that we have and that, uh, that work on the game. You know, one other thing I will say, you know, one thing we always try to keep an eye on as well is to not make the, the, the mechanics too complex. It's not saying like, you know, roll this, then roll this, you know, if you roll this, then roll that, you know, right, like, right, right. You know it's right. gotta be simple. I know we've had a couple before, you know, where we had to maybe do some revisions just to kind of make it, you know, not slow down the match or not be like, wait, what am I supposed to do here? You know, it should be, it should be something to add to it, but not make the match too complex or too, you know, burdensome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of the game in general is that I feel like all of the the things that are just ingrained since day one with the game, you know, the charts, um, you know, disqualifications, you know, whatnot, all of that stuff, it just works so well already. And I think that, you know, you start to muddy things if you put too much in. Um, but a lot of the mechanics, you know, are so streamlined and work so well. And, and you know, some of them are kind of tried and true that uh, it, it is one of those things that adds and enhances as opposed to taking away or getting in the way of things which is great um i would you know i would i would love to have the opportunity to kind of continue this conversation so i'm very interested to hear what promoters think uh, on the boards um so certainly let us know uh, your feedback is always valuable as we as we noted at the top of the show and i uh, would love to hear what people think about mechanics or ideas that they might have for mechanics or you know what they might do uh when they're giving like a main event push to a guy who might not necessarily be statted as a main eventer you know in in, in it and it's all in the eye of the beholder you know it's like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with Corey's fed you know one of the things i love about Corey's USWA is that he's able to take these guys that are not traditionally looked at as main eventers and he uses them in such a way that, you know, they, they, they are the main eventers and he, you know, he tells stories with them as opposed to worrying purely about the stats. And I know that there are some people that are exactly the opposite. They're all about the stats and they're all about, you know, what works and, and the raw ratings and, you know, et cetera. And so I think that it's really interesting to kind of see that mix, but I, I'm definitely interested to hear what people have to say. Um, 
in response to kind of some of the questions and discussion that, that we've been able to have, which has been great. I've, I, I've loved it. Uh, and, and Zeke, I'm again, I'm just so grateful to, to have you back on the show. It's always great to talk to you. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the best of the Indies 2021 dropping and hearing what people have to say. Uh, and I can't wait. I can't wait for what's next, man. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, Todd, tell us what we need to know for next week, sir. All right. So uh, next week, well, actually, well, next week we start the next round of teasers. You know, we just finished up. Uh, My goodness, Q- man. You too. <laughs> yeah, we, we just finished up everything for the May. You know, May releases there. Hopefully by the time uh, next week's show rolls around, people will start having them in their hot hands. You know, that's what we're hoping uh, is going to be the case there. Uh, I think our friends from the United States Postal Service will cooperate with us. So hopefully that will, will be good. Again, you online folks, you, you'll definitely have them in your in your uh, screens by then. Maybe not your hands, but in your 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 screens of whatever type uh so yeah definitely kicking off next monday is going to be the first origins 21 37 teaser from tom that's going to be on uh may 31st he did say at the end it'd be in late may and we can't get much later than that but it will be in <laughs> may uh and then also uh we will have our uh first uh name announced. well i guess our second name announced but our first um our first artwork for the uh, um, uh, George Tragos uh, Luthez Hall of Fame 2021 set. That's uh, awesome. So that will be out next week as well. Uh, but on the podcast, uh, we are going to be joined uh, again by Rob Bobin to kind of go through the FTR Suspects release that uh, is coming out in, uh, in uh, Promoter Prime this quarter. Uh, and we'll go through all four cards of that, everything that's going on with the story, all the different suspects named by Quest, and kind of see what the, everybody kind of thinks about the validity of all those different suspects and, and whatnot from there. And we'll be, uh, I think, breaking down there. And then we'll also, uh, I will say June is also uh, going to be Galacticon Month, where we're going to have a bunch of different podcasts focused uh around galacticon kind of building up on our road to galacticon uh and uh in july uh so you know part of the the thing with uh rob also we'll probably uh, talk about some galacticon memories rob's been at uh you know i think the majority of them at this point uh so i'd love to hear some of his thoughts i know you know, few people love uh you know love the trip to, to galacticon as much as rob so it'll be great to to hear from him yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Always, always a great time having him on and uh, definitely want to pick his brain about some FTR stuff. Yeah. Uh, certainly the new names that have been mentioned, uh, you know, want to want to get into that a little bit. Um, so, you know, I think I think it's safe to say that, you know, next episode, you can probably expect some spoilers. So if you have not yet, uh, and we'll, of course, mention this before we start uh, into the conversation with Rob. But if you've not yet read the booklet by the time the next episode drops, I would certainly urge you to do so because we're probably going to wade into some spoiler territory. Uh, uh, when when the episode drops next week but um 
Yeah, I, I, that all just sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing the teasers. I do not, you know, I, I, I'm pretty open and honest when I know something, I'll let you guys know, but I do not know uh, more than the, you know, Thunderbolt Patterson name and one other name for Traeger Synthes. So I am, I'm really looking forward to those teasers starting up so I can, you know, start to learn the, the rest of the roster for that, that set. I think it's going to be an incredible set and people are going to be excited just based off of the, you know, the two names that I do know. Uh, and then, uh, and, and then of course there'll be, uh, exciting stuff I'm sure with 2137. I can't wait to see what Tom's cooking up for us, um, including the bonus, materials so that'll be uh that'll be exciting to see what the uh you know the bonus items are uh in the in the collector's package um i have gotten a preview of those and they're they're definitely unique and 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 pretty fun so nice awesome uh you know i i you know what i want to ask one more question since we still have zeke here with us and todd i want to i want you to weigh in on this as well um you know we don't often talk too much when it comes to speculation we're not here to necessarily spoil names that have already been signed or whatever but i do think that a question that would be really cool uh for zeke to answer and for todd to answer uh i don't know if i can answer it because my brain's a little mushy right now and i don't know who i would pick but i'm going to pose the question to the two of you anyway so i want you you guys to tell me zeke you get to go first if you could remake a guy in the indies right now that we already have had who would be like your number one choice for you to remake oh that would be probably um probably uh probably it's they're very close to the top names would probably be will osprey or uh, or jay white uh, darby allen's right up there too um those, those are, those are, those are, I don't know if I have them ranked, but then, you know, I, I, I guess maybe Will Ospreay. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, those other two are right, right behind them. Um, For sure. Uh, but, but yeah, probably, probably Osprey. Nice. Todd, what about you? Um, well, I mean, he's no longer in the Indies now, but yeah, obviously that uh, Eddie Kingston remake was one that I was hoping we would uh, get a chance to do. Uh, yeah. I really think, you know, doing something more with him, kind of bringing him up a level would be cool. Somebody on the Indies right now, like I, you know, that we've done a card for, actually done two cards for, but now has a slightly different gimmick. I would love to have a very good professional wrestler card. Yeah, uh, I think that would be a great one to to kind of redo under his new persona there. Uh, so in the Indies right now, that that would probably be my number one. Some other that names cool. to think of that. Um, that well, of course, I guess he's no longer on the Indies. Kind of like a, um, like like Darby Allen's no longer on the Indies and Orange Orange Cassidy. Although uh, I do think that when PWG starts up again because of Excalibur, I might guess is that we'll probably see. You know, some AEW stars on the, uh, on the, on the, on the shows, but uh, totally. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's a good and I mean, it's clear, it's clear that, that, that there are a number of people on that roster that can kind of do whatever they want to do. I mean, Eddie Kingston showed up in AIW, John Moxley shows up wherever the hell he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, uh, Orange Cassidy showed up at an, at an indie show recently. So oh, he uh, showed up at the drive of the theater, uh, yeah. in Pennsylvania this week. That was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Uh, so I know I, I totally agree. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of promoters uh, would agree with, with those names. And, um, you know, I think uh, uh, somebody like Kenny Omega uh, would be great to see as well. And, you know, yeah. even a new Moxley would be, would be awesome. Um, but, it, you know, strictly speaking about Indies names, you know, a guy that I would really like to see uh, get a, get a card redone would be uh, Dominic Garini um, just because I feel like he's grown so much since his evolve card. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've got that Kevin Koo card. Uh, I mean, God, you honestly, you could probably remake both of those cards because they're, you know, because of where they sit now compared to where they sit, you know, when, when they were released. Um, you can also balance out the tag offense a little bit too, because right now it's a pretty yeah. good person to get for Kevin. Yeah. Um, good point. Good point. Um, some other names, Driswell Cook is on the top of my head. Some other names, I have Fred Yee, I could, I think. Is mm. uh, Tracy Williams, slightly a little bit. Uh, Flip Warren with his mercenary look. Uh, he's got that upcoming title shot. A little, you know, so some of those guys just, just thinking Ring of Honor. Those are three guys I think could could could, uh, could definitely probably get an upgrade. Um, sure. Definitely qualify. Well, I think definitely we might see some of these names in the tournament at the end of July. Uh, you know, I thought there. that might be, I thought that might yeah. be the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I always love kind of talking about that sort of stuff, but I, I like doing it in a way that's a little bit more casual and a little bit more, you know, just sort of like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, because, you know, one of the things that I know that happens in these conversations and certainly in, you know, panels and interviews that we've done before is that sometimes people get a little overzealous in my mind and are just sort of like more demanding of it. And I think that, you know, it's just important to remember that there's a lot of there's a lot of names that 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 we have signed that haven't even been released there's a lot of names that you know we want to get signed and released and sometimes that takes a little bit of precedence but that doesn't mean that you know there's there's not uh there can't be some fun had in the speculation you know we were joking around on the uh with the last episode about getting a, a ddp you know like a 1996 or 97 ddp with taped ribs and the mullet you know as, as, as a legends <laughs> update card you know and, and it's just sort of like that's more of just a you know a flight of fancy than it is saying like oh we must have this cards so um i i just i think it's fun to to talk about that because obviously there are a lot of guys on the indies that have uh transitioned or grown a lot since their initial card i mean you mentioned eddie kingston that first card came out what like what are we we were talking like what 12 13 years ago 2011 yeah so yeah so 10 years ago first car set was 2011 for some reason i thought it was before that yeah well i mean yeah 10 years a lot happens in 10 years that's for sure uh although to be fair that that card is pretty pretty stacked for Chikara. You know what I mean? Like he was, yeah, he very, was the guy. De- very, very defensive heavy there, uh, which uh, you know, definitely fit, you know, the types of matches he was doing at the time for sure. Yeah. I mean, he was the, he was the grand champion. So, um, well, cool. All right. Well, we, we've, we've, talked in your ear enough thank you so much for taking the time to listen to roll up uh remember to hit that subscribe button or that like button wherever you're finding us uh and again remember the review drive contest if you write a review send us a screenshot you will be entered into a contest you can win one of two super cool prizes those seven original legends of wrestling cards uh or of course that two-pack from the champions of the galaxy live event with loud and noxious or uh stevie richards as omega what could have been uh, and, uh, uh, so make sure you do that again it will help us it will help the community because the more we can grow this podcast the more cool things we can do uh, and not only get things into your ears but maybe get things into your hands you never know uh, Zeke thank you so much really appreciate it I think, thank you I think, thank, thank you for what, what you said about the like my, my mechanics I, I, uh, I, I nodded but I didn't say but I forgot it was a, a, a 
was on a podcast. So I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. I, I, I love your work and, you know, I love getting the opportunity to talk to you and pick your brain. And I know I've, I've had the chance to send you a few random texts here, just kind of like asking you questions like, Hey, what do you do when this happens? And, you know, it's always cool to kind of get, to get that uh, opinion. And I've had the same conversations with like Chad and, uh, and so, so I, I always, I always like having the opportunity to do that, but uh, thank you again. And uh, Todd, should we go home? Let's do it. All right, man. I think I saw you yawn. I'm calling you out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day for the tournament master. <laughs> and, and last night, you know, pulling photo references and setting up a lot of stuff for Galacticon. It's uh, it's a busy time. You're getting everything ready for all the mailings this week and whatnot. So there's a lot going on. Well, man, I can I can say this. I don't often like to speak for other people, but I will speak for all promoters when I say thank you so much for all the work that you do. I know it's I know it's a lot, and you know, of course, you're balancing uh, a day job and a family and all that sort of stuff, and you still manage to to get all this great stuff together. Uh, you are the mastermind behind so much uh, uh, the, the 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 one that makes sure that this podcast keeps going because sometimes I have no idea what we're going to do until I hit record. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that keeps me honest <laughs> I, I got to schedule it out until the end of july there so i think we're we're, we're good we're, we, we know we're done <laughs> right on well thank you so much todd i really appreciate it and thank you all again for listening take care of yourselves and one another in the meantime and we'll be back at you next week with rob Bobian talking ftr and uh, thank you so much for tuning in to roll up <laughs>